Welcome to the best night ever. Your golden ticket to better sleep, better health, and ultimately the best night ever. Featuring your host, sleep and life hack guru, Dr. Jay Corsandi from Snore Experts. If you feel like your sleep and daytime performance could use a shot in the arm, grab a bulletproof coffee, sit down, relax, and stay tuned as we uncover cutting edge science, traditional, and even ancient practices to help you step up your life game. And now, Dr. Jay Corsandi. All right, folks, welcome back. This is Dr. Jay Corsandi, and you're listening to the best night ever. And once again, joining me in the studio is Dwayne. Dwayne, how's it going? Good. Good, good. Yeah. Another day. Another day. All right. Um, I think we've done a couple of these in the past, but I always like doing these did you know. Did you know I love these. Segments. All right. Because I never know them. Most people don't. Who is the longest person to have ever lived according to the Bible? Oh, my gosh. We're going to go biblical here on you. I'm going to plead the fifth. All right. Yeah. You know, I didn't know this either. But uh, it's a, a man by the name of Methuselah, all right? And he was the oldest person mentioned in the Bible, and he's considered to have lived for, get this, 969 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah, let that one sink in for a little bit. But uh, we're going to get a little bit more recent here. We're going to talk about uh, an actual guy who lived... Uh, <laughs> I wonder how long he was married to his wife. <laughs> That's the biggest question. That could have been a beautiful thing or a, a total torture, huh? Or a total disaster. Total disaster. Uh, so, so more recently, uh, there was a, a Japanese man by the name of Jiroemon Kimura. And uh, he was a super centenarian. And he was uh, the first and only so far man who indisputably reached 116 years of age. So 116 is the longest living man. Okay. Uh, and at the time of death, he was 116 years and 54 days old. Indisputably. Yes, indisputable. Okay. Uh, why are we talking about all these old people here? Um, so the reason as I'm starting to get a little older and recovered from some significant health issues in the past, uh, I've become more interested in longevity and anti-aging and not getting sick again. And I've made it my mission to seek out all the information I can by reading books, going to workshops, seminars, conferences, and seeking out experts uh, in their field to help me get better because, you know, I don't want to go down that road. Uh, I see yep. it every day, especially in my patients in the practice who've kind of neglected their health and their sleep. And uh, the health consequences are, are major. So um, I was at an anti-aging seminar about a year ago. Uh, I think it was in Vegas. And um, that's where I really discovered what this show is about today. Uh, obviously, it has to do something with aging because we're talking about a bunch of old people. But uh, I sat in on a lecture, and it was about uh, fasting. And once I learned more about that, I was totally hooked. So you may have guessed it. This show is about fasting and calorie restriction and diet and anti-aging and longevity. And sleep, too. So you seem to fast a lot, right? I mean, yeah. You seem to be fasting about as much as I'm eating. <laughs> it's the anti-Dwayne diet. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, as I've gotten kind of more versed in this whole biohacking and, and health and, and longevity field, uh, a term that comes up a lot is intermittent fasting. And um, I was doing that uh, quite a bit. You know, intermittent fasting is where you'll have like a window, you know, where you're okay, like not... A 10-hour window or 10 12-hour, 12, okay. 16, okay. Uh, different windows for different people. And, and I was very familiar with that. And I even got up to 24 hours, and I think I even did a 48-hour fast, which was challenging for me just uh, for the first time doing it. Um, 
But when I was at this conference, I, I learned about block fasting and, and long-term fasting, longer fasting. And I ended up uh, sitting in on a lecture by Dr. Dan Pompa, and he was talking about a five-day fast mm-hmm. and the benefits of a five-day fast. And, and this was literally, I think, on a Saturday uh, I got home Sunday, and Monday I, I just sat down. I, I think Sunday night I told my wife, Monday morning, we're doing a five-day fast. And she's like— So so now when you say a fast, so just so we're on the same page, so that's it's no food. Does coffee count? Well, we're going to talk about all the different okay, things. Great, so, great. so in the show, we're going to talk about fasting. We're going to talk about why you should consider it, the different ways to go about it, you know, which one might be the best way for you, how it can help you live longer and healthier. And to help me with that, uh, joining me in the studio is someone who knows a thing or two about fasting. His name is Dr. James Kelly. Uh, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. He's the consulting medical liaison for El Nutra. And El Nutra is the company that makes the Prolon diet, which we're going to be talking about as well. He's got a background in the development of early stage medical and biotechnologies. He was the head of inventor services at the Innovation Institute, which is a partnership with the Cleveland Clinic Innovations Group. And they were focusing on developing and commercializing new and innovative healthcare solutions. Uh, and now he currently works directly with Dr. Walter Longo, who is the creator of this diet, uh, the Prolon diet. And uh, Dr. Longo is a uh, anti-aging and longevity researcher at USC. And I'd like to welcome Dr. James to the show. How's it going? It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Excellent. All right. So uh, we're talking about fasting and anti-aging and longevity and health. Um, what drew you to start working with Dr. Longo and exploring the world of fasting? Well, that's a great question. I... Uh, I have kind of a obscure background. I didn't do the traditional medical route. Um, during my medical training, I also elected to do a dual degree with an MD and an MBA in it, uh, which initially I was training at Ohio State University, the Ohio State University, for those of you out there huh. uh, who are unfamiliar with their, with our arrogant moniker. Uh, but uh, I fell into a place called Tech Transfer, where you help evaluate all of the research that's coming out of major research institutes and try to figure out which ones can be commercialized so the research doesn't just go into the ether. Uh, and I fell in love with medical innovation. And through that, I was directed out to the West Coast. USC has one of the best uh, entrepreneurship and innovation MBAs in the world. Uh, and while I was doing that, I got connected with Dr. Longo uh, through the entrepreneurship, the Greif Center at USC. Um, and he was, he was then the head of their longevity uh, Institute and is one of the world's leading longevity researchers. And we looked at commercializing uh, sort of a fasting clinic where you would go and do medically supervised prolonged fasting. And we'll, I'm sure, talk about why that's beneficial here in a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, then several years went by after I finished my training. I worked with Cleveland Clinic and did a couple medical startups in laparoscopy and uh, spine surgery. And then uh, he came calling and said that the longevity research had morphed into figuring out how to trick the body into a fasting mimicking diet and we'll talk about that too Mm -hmm. Uh, but I was really really intrigued by the science of it a lot of the preclinical stuff um, I've got some family with some significant medical issues that have already been in preclinical research and some clinical demonstrated to be benefited by fasting so I was very interested in that and I've always had as most innovators do a death anxiety mm-hmm. so i love the the idea of longevity and optimization to make sure that i'm not just living till i'm 115 i'm living well till i'm 115 so the concepts that dr longo is discussing are things that are very passionate in my life so when he gave me the opportunity to come on board and help launch this medical company uh a general wellness and nutrition company really i should say yeah. that with a gear towards eventually having medical therapies for actual disease intervention uh i jumped at the opportunity excellent so uh, when we talk about fasting, uh, some people 
are kind of taken away by it. And they're, they're like, you know, wh- why would anyone want to stop eating? But, you know, fasting has been practiced by, by most uh, religions for, for centuries. You know, mm-hmm. why do you think it's gaining popularity now? I, I'm, for me, I, I'm a little stunned that I knew nothing about it prior to this. But uh, I, for me, fasting is the driver of why we're here. If you believe in evolution, you understand that two things are necessary. One, you have to be able to pass on your DNA. But two, you have to be alive to do that. So you have to survive from lunch from breakfast to lunch or you'd never pass on your DNA. So the mechanisms inside us that are built to handle however long that gap is between resources are really what helped us pass on our DNA. You outcompete your neighbor to the resources because you did a better job of surviving without them. Uh, so for me, why it took so long to figure it out, given that all we're doing is rediscovering the very, very, very basic nature of how we evolved. I'm my only guess is that times were too plentiful. We just never really realized that plenty may not be a good thing until diabetes has crept up and the American Medical Association and everybody are starting to recognize that we're doing it wrong. Yeah, I mean, actually, it's a good point because when you look at, like, diet fads now, too, as well, uh, as far as, like, paleo, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's referring to kind of the the caveman type. Go back to the beginning, yeah. Go back to the beginning. So it does seem like we're almost doing a, a retro yeah. type thing. Figure out how we got here and see if we are doing it wrong now relative to how our DNA was built. So that, to me, it makes a lot of sense. I just stunned it took us so long. Yeah, and if you look at cavemen or look at even the Romans, right? When's the last time you've seen a skinny caveman? Right? <laughs> I mean, they're all pretty big. Well, well they're healthy and they're built. Yeah, they're, they're not. Yeah. Well, you're not, not going to see a fat caveman, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's one of the one of the big question marks now is what should a body look like? You don't see too many people in the blue zones who are big and muscular. Most of them are very lean. So there are some question marks as to what our physiology is even supposed to be. All right. So so when I was growing up, uh, I was always taught that calories in versus calories burned is what regulates my weight. So, you know, if you eat more than you than you burn, you're going to gain weight. But this kind of flips things totally upside down as far as. Uh, timing of eating and, and, and restriction and, and types of foods that you're eating. So, so what's going on there? That's a good question. And I think we're, I would say that El Nutra and USC are some of the thought leaders in that. We still don't know everything, but uh, less is more and what things specifically, and I was taught the same thing in medical school. We unfortunately don't do a, a very thorough job of nutrition training in, yeah. and, and wellness training, even in how to make people healthy. We do a good job of keeping them alive, but that's sort of where we end. So um, the idea that restricting in some capacity is a good thing and will actually lead to you thriving as an organism is a pretty new concept. And not just that, but what you're eating, not just eat more plants, which Mm -hmm. is sort of the best most doctors ever get to. But uh, whether you eat animal protein versus plant protein, whether you're eating uh, what ratio of carbs, fats, proteins, sugars, etc., um, it turns out we probably eat way too much protein in America based on most of the research, in both in ethnographic research and in bench research in animal models. So uh, we're learning a lot, and we're, we're trying to push the envelope, but I think we've got a lot of work left to do. All right. So we, we, we mentioned uh, Dr. Walter Longo and, and the prolon diet, and, and what the prolon diet is, is is what's called a FMD or fasting-mimicking diet. Uh, so I guess explain uh, for our listeners what fasting really is and what the mm-hmm. FMD is. Yeah, so there's a, it's there's a lot layered in that question, but I'll try to keep it simple. Sure. The first part is is fasting good? What does fasting do for you and why do you want to do it for several days? We'll cut it short and say anything over about 12 hours is going to use up the glucose from your last meal. And when you use up the glucose, insulin goes down, glucagon goes up, and your body starts looking for energy elsewhere. Just that little switch 
seems to be really good for your cells. Something about that, it's sort of like working out body confusion. The more stress you put a cell into, the better it responds. Mm -hmm. So just even that little 12 to 16 hours seems to be really good. You're going to lose a little weight. Your cholesterol might improve. Um, why you lose the weight is probably just because you're compacting the hours you eat, so there's just less time to eat. But there are some benefits to that. But if you really want to look at what happens on a cellular level for repair, that's why we target prolonged fasting. The way we're specifically looking for autophagy and apoptosis, or apoptosis, depending on how you want to say it, um, which are not new concepts, but in how they work in the cells is somewhat new. It takes about 48 hours to turn on autophagy and apoptosis, which is the cellular cleanup mechanisms where a cell will turn on this self-diagnostic. It'll say, am I broken? And can I be either repaired through autophagy, where I scavenge my neighbors and myself for parts, and I just basically rebuild internally, or do I need to explode myself through apoptosis or apoptosis and then call for a new stem cell to come in and replace me? And your body has these natural mechanisms built in, but if you're eating constantly, you're taking in too much fuel, it's sort of like a company with tons of resources. It doesn't have to be that efficient to still be profitable. So your body is the same way. If you're getting too much energy, you're not triggering the cleanup. You're not triggering efficiency because you just don't need efficiency. If you starve it a little bit, you do. And the body reacts very quickly once it takes you seriously, and it takes about two days for it to figure out that you weren't kidding, there is no food then it'll do that cleanup. But it takes another two days to get that cleanup, and then it takes an additional day, at least based on most of our studies, to ramp up the stem cells in the bloodstream ah. that are available for the repair. So why do you have to do a five-day fast? Unfortunately, that's about as fast as the body can repair itself for now. There may be some tricks in the future we can do to accelerate that. Maybe being in ketosis beforehand might accelerate that conversion. We don't know. There's a couple things we still need to research. But... Five days of fasting is really tough. If anyone's tried to do even two days, most people drop out by day day two. It's mm -hmm. just really, you really struggle. I did. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, I've never done beyond 24 hours, so kudos to everyone who does do it out there. I know there are people out there who can do seven days or longer. With By the way, I should clarify, this is water-only fasting. They're still drinking plenty of water. So anybody out there thinking about doing a prolonged fast, make sure you are getting your, your fluids. Um, and if you have any medical issues whatsoever, talk to a doctor. Make sure it's safe for you to do. Mm -hmm. But what, what we figured out, and what I should say Dr. Walter Longo figured out, what his really revolutionary idea was, is that the mechanism that triggers this cellular cleanup is not an on-off switch. It is not zero food. It's governed by a couple of molecules. The main signaling pathways are IGF-1, mTOR, and PKA, and we can talk about those in a bit. But basically, these recognize food. When you eat, you trigger IGF-1. And this is why bodybuilders eat so much protein is growth hormone and IGF-1. IGF-1 stands for insulin-like growth factor 1. Mm -hmm. These are triggered very strongly by animal protein in particular. It tells the body resources are present, build more. So that's why when you work out and you combine that with protein, you build muscle. Um, so that sounds like a good thing. But the downside is if you're constantly in a growth state, you're never in a cleanup state. So if you can hide from that IGF-1 pathway, which is fasting obviously hides from it, it just turns it off, you'll trigger cleanup. You also need to turn off mTOR, which is mechanistic target of rapamycin, which is sort of the gatekeeper for all of it. Uh, and then also another one, protein kinase A, and there are other pathways involved too, but those are the three main ones. So if you can turn those off through fasting, you turn on cleanup. But each one of those recognizes protein for IGF-1, PKA and mTOR recognize sugar and carbs they have a certain leeway. You can sneak in under the alarm. So if you give somebody a very particular amount of plant-based protein, I can still give you up to 10% of an 800-calorie diet of protein. 
without triggering the alarms and mm. growth and keep you in that fasting state at a cellular level. And I can do quite a bit more with protein, with sugar and carbs. I can give you up to 35 to 40% if I give you enough fiber. Uh, and then with, with fats, I can go all the way up to about 50% of an 800 mm. calorie diet. So you add those all together and you've got 370 calories of sugar and carbs, 80 calories of protein, uh, 400 calories of, I, by the way, my math is atrocious. Yeah. I apologize, but you get the idea. I can get my way up to about 800 calories a day of food and I can sneak it into the body if I give you the exact right type of food and the exact right ratio and I can keep your cells in that fasting state. And that's exactly what Prolon is and what Dr. Longo figured out, fasting mimicking diets. I can give you a certain amount of food every day and breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, drinks. It's not a lot, but it's much more than zero. And I can keep you in this cellular fasting state while easing you through it. And beyond that, I'm giving you things that your body would look for internally. So I'm actually going to protect you from losing your lean body mass. Because as I mentioned, once you use up glucose, glucagon goes up. And even when you're in ketosis, you still have normal blood sugar. Ketones are not blood sugar. So you're getting that blood sugar from somewhere. And the three places your body looks are glycerin, glycogen, and amino acids. Your muscles are made of glycogen and amino acids. So if I put you in a fasting state, your body's going to start looking at your muscles for fuel. So in the first 48 hours before you're in mild to moderate ketosis, you're going to lose a lot of lean body mass. On a fasting mimicking diet, we can protect that because we give you the things the body's looking for so that it doesn't have to eat itself. So that's one of the other benefits. So, sorry, I was a long-winded no, no, answer to no, your question. but That's good. And, and you know, like I mentioned earlier, uh, I've done both, you know, actually all three. I've done a 24-hour fast, water fast. I've done a 48-hour fast. And I've done a five-day water-only fast. Wow, uh, and you are crazy. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's part of my, my biohacking nature. I'm here. very impressed. Uh, <clears throat> the the, the five-day fast was, was challenging with the water-only. Uh, to be honest, I mean, I, I, w- I had a busy work schedule. It was a full work week with patients, uh, and then uh, coming home and cooking food for my kid and smelling food uh, w- was challenging. Uh, yeah, I got through it probably by you know day four and a half. I was really getting done with it but uh, powered through for five days uh and uh, you know it, it had its benefits i i, I did feel uh, a surge of, of energy there was you know there's a little bit of weight loss but i'm not in it for the weight loss i was looking for more for the health benefits and um i was happy i did it but when i found out about this fasting mimicking diet where i can kind of do another five-day fast uh but have the benefits of being able to eat uh that was very intriguing for me so uh when i actually did the, f- the prolonged fast it was uh a lot easier and that's the goal yeah that, that was the goal so and i you know the funny thing is i actually had a lot more time on my hands because i didn't have to sit there and go buy food prep food or mm-hmm. cook it so yeah. uh, i did have his book uh dr walter longo's book called the longevity diet uh handy and guess what i had a lot of time to read so i ended up reading the entire book during the, the five-day fast um one of the stories that that i found really fascinating uh and it kind of goes back to what you were talking about as far as pathways and 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 regulating them was the story of these uh, people in Ecuador. Uh, they have a genetic mutation that causes yeah. them uh, to have uh, to lack the receptor for the growth hormone. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- it's called a Laron, La- Laron syndrome. Laron, yeah. Laron, yeah. Uh, so despite their poor lifestyle, so these guys were out smoking, drinking, eating large amounts of fried food. Uh, they had a major decrease in cancer and diabetes, even compared with their family in the same household. Which, which I found fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I, and, and I guess I could see the kind of connection there where these people couldn't have that pathway activated, so, but they were shielded mm-hmm. from these disease pathways. This was sort of the aha moment for, I think, longevity, nutrition. It's the, to me, they're the ones that link everything together because they don't have, I believe in certain populations of them have never had any cancer or diabetes in the history of the population. 
they're also three feet tall. Yeah. So the downside is, the upside is you're protected from growth and age-related diseases. And this was sort of the aha, okay, nutrition, growth, and aging, and disease are all linked. So a lot of the major diseases that we face, cancer, uh, heart disease, diabetes, et cetera, these are growing problems. They're also aging problems. They're much more common in people over a certain age. You don't see as much in children. Uh, and if you slow growth and aging, you slow the frequency or, or stop the frequency of some of these diseases. So that's sort of an aha. And then you also notice that the reason these guys aren't getting the growth is because they lack the receptor for protein. So now you figure out that nutrition plays the role in growth and aging. So now we have a link where we can say what you're eating really does change how quickly you age and how quickly you accumulate age-related diseases. Hmm. So that was sort of the basis for starting to examine IGF-1. And they're three feet tall. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a trade-off. Yeah, there's a yeah. trade-off for them. And yeah. there's some other things that go along with not growing. Terrible basketball great. team. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably accurate. So. Yeah. Um, another, another. Uh, there was a quote, kind of going off of what you just said here in the book, which I found uh, was fascinating. And it's quote: He says, "Aging, aging is the central risk factor for all major diseases. It's much smarter to intervene on aging itself than to try and prevent and treat diseases one by one." which I think is what allopathic yeah. medicine generally focuses on. So, so what's happening as we get older that makes us more prone to disease? Well, that's the. I mean, the easiest version. It's super complex problem and i will be the first to tell you i stand on the shoulders of smarter people every day all day long so everything i'm telling you is just stuff i've learned and i'm parroting back but the most simplistic version is that if you think about the mechanism of growth and what happens you are dividing tissue to grow you have to cells split they make new things whenever they split they accumulate error it's just you have billions and billions of lines of code even at you know even if you make a 0.001 percent error you're still going to have tens of thousands of mutations per DNA strand per cell replication. So there are immense opportunity for diseases related to that damage. So metabolic issues, uh, cancer obviously is a major one. So that's the most simplistic version is just DNA damage. You're, the faster you grow, the more damage you accumulate. Um, and mitochondrial damage, all oxidative stress, all kinds of things that the body doesn't have to repair if it's growing well. But when you put it in that fasting state, you get rid of a lot of that damage. You reduce the odds of of bad things happening because of that damage. So Mm. at least that's the current theory. And it sure bears out in all of our preclinical research. We have to do far, far larger human trials to really be able to validate that and claim it on any medical standpoint. But preliminary evidence is really encouraging that that's sort of the mechanism for how we get older and age. And again, nutrition is only one of the arms you can intervene with. There's a lot of different things you can do that'll improve how you age. But nutrition is part of it. So, yeah. so if if for years you've been damaging yourself with a terrible diet or mm-hmm. or habits, you know, then you're you're born again here and, and you're mm-hmm. you're practicing mm-hmm. some of these things. So, does that allow you to turn back the clock, or are you basically starting at your? That's a good question. It certainly shows if you start in your 30s, you do better. We yeah. do know that. Almost all the research shows if you start in your mid-aging, you probably do better. And again, we keep talking about we're going back to the way cavemen used to do it. Cavemen didn't live that long. So let's be very clear. Like it, Just because we're copying them doesn't mean we're going to get all the benefits. But yeah. we do know that the earlier you intervene, the better you do. Uh, but there is still benefit as you get older. And 
even if you are generally healthy, you still have damaged tissue, you still have visceral fat that's very hormonally active. So there's a lot of things that you can do to your body to reduce risk of future occurrences. So even if you are in your 50s or 60s and have lived the traditional Midwestern, and I use that as shorthand for <laughs> lots of steak and probably steak more and sedentary in the winter because it's cold. I'm from Ohio for everyone out there, so I'm, I'm allowed to talk about it that way. Um, if you're living that lifestyle, there's still an opportunity to make some significant improvement. We do have people regularly who tell us in their 50s and 60s that they did extremely well. We have people in their 80s who have done our diet as well. Um, one of the things I would highlight too is that it hasn't yet correlated to major health benefit, but we do see things like telomere length and biological aging get significantly improved with nutritional intervention, prolonged fasting. And when I say prolonged, I'm talking about anything over 24 hours. Uh, we do see that people do experience that. So we really believe with our five-day fasting, you see new stem cells come in in the lab studies, you measure it in the bloodstream in, in a lot of customers, and, and you will be able to show that that correlates to biological age reduction now whether that means anything in the long run we need larger samples and longer tests but that is encouraging so so um so you you do the five-day fast right and you've you've gone through this so mm -hmm. what what immediate effects do you mm -hmm. enjoy it sounded so it sounded like you were saying that 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 you had more energy afterwards or what's I mean, you can go through a range of... What can people expect? You were starting from a pretty health standpoint, too. Yeah, so, so, so yeah, my results may vary from different people, but I, I'm coming from a more optimized point, so it wasn't as dramatic, but I did see some, some sleep improvement, which is one, one of my focuses, obviously. Uh, energy, you know, in the first day and a half, I, energy was okay. I did have a little bit of a background headache, and I don't know if that was part of a pretty detox normal. type yeah. thing. I'll, t I'll go into that if you like. Yeah, th that was a little un pleasant but you know powered through that got through it and and by day two after that it, you know the desire for food kind of goes down a bit i mean with this diet you're still eating so there is a little bit of a catch-22 yeah. because you, you're hungry and you're eating but you're not eating a lot so yeah. and you're 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 hitting the nail on the head there's the people who can do a five-day water fast sometimes yeah. actually struggle on our diet because there's still some food yeah it's almost easier for them to go cold turkey but the vast majority and we're talking in the high 90s yeah need that and get through the diet much better than i would think i would have done better on this diet had i not done the five-day water fast. you might have yeah. you might have but but, but yeah. generally yeah i mean the, re the results were great um i did this uh i did the fast about the prolon about a month and a half ago or something like that and then just about two weeks ago i was um uh, at this place where they did a full battery of uh, a medical analysis on me that this thing called the in body which uh measures uh um, bio impedance yeah. yeah all this stuff and and they did this other test i mean they used some like crazy russian technology with some eegs in my brain and and, and crazy foot pads and galvanic spin respo skin response stuff like that uh, and my biological age was about four years younger than my chronological age on, on my birthday. So speaking of biological age reduction, I, for whatever it's worth. Yeah. I don't know what your baseline was. So we're yeah. not gonna, I'd love to take full credit for that. We typically, the people who do do that, I've, I've heard in the 10 to 15, they do three cycles. Yeah. Um, some people have reported wildly larger numbers, but it, I'll... Yeah, I, there's a lot of caveats I need yeah, to put in. No, there to make but sure just I'm, for my own patting my own yeah, self on the great. back, I, I felt great. Uh, I've been doing great uh, pain wise. No, no major body aches or pain. Sleep has been 
really good. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, the desire to, you know, your relationship with food almost changes as well. That's too. a big thing. The behavioral changes. I yeah. mean, you can kind of go into that. Yeah. Really? I mean, and these are the stuff. So first off, the headache is very normal on yeah. day two and three. So those of you out there who are thinking about doing this, the most common things we hear are headache, fatigue. Uh, some people get a little lower back pain towards day three and four. Um, and we, there's a couple reasons why we think that might happen. But uh, typically, they start to feel pretty good by day four and five. A lot of people talk about what they call the fasting high. And if you look at it online, you'll see we didn't make that term up. Um, but yeah, they, opposite of the keto yeah, flu. <laughs> if you, yeah, exactly. Keto flu is early in the diet. That's probably part of what the headache might be. Um, the people who stay really well hydrated and have good electrolytes tend to get less of a headache. But yeah. uh, And also, if you're a big caffeine drinker, weaning down before the diet Which is, is a good me. idea. Which is me. Heavy yeah. bulletproof coffee drinker every yeah. day, which was a little bit so, rough. Yeah, and then, then unfortunately, caffeine reactivates one of the pathways that we look to suppress just a little bit. So mm-hmm. you can have a cup of coffee a day, but that's about it. But um, we do know that early in the diet, the headache's pretty common. But towards the end, if you think about what the body is doing, at least this is what I think it is, it thinks you're a caveman and it thinks you ran out of food. So it's getting rid of the stuff that's going to slow you down and that's a waste of energy. And it gets So that's the damaged tissue. And then cleans you up so that the stuff you do have works better. That's regeneration. That's the, what happens towards the end of the diet. And then it boosts your energy so you can go find your body a wildebeest or a bushel mm-hmm. of fruit or something. So its goal is to get you out there hunting and gathering. So, yeah. so that's exactly what most people feel good at the end of the diet. That's what we think is happening. So... So what about meds? What do you do if you're on all these medications that these doctors are prescribing? Very nice tee-up. Thank you very much for that. We will say very, very clearly, if you take a medication, you need to be evaluated by a healthcare practitioner, who preferably one who knows our diet uh, or knows anything about fasting, to be evaluated about whether you should uh, continue. Because there are medications that don't play nicely with fasting. Uh, there are a couple, if you think about the fact that your body changes when you change what you're putting in it if you're taking a medication they don't change so now you have a different body but the same medication you can run into some problems so definitely things like blood pressure medications uh if they're if you're on a new hormone medication those are things that need to be evaluated make sure that you can both be safe on the diet and also get the benefits because some medications will keep you in a growth state steroids uh testosterone can sometimes monkey with that so there are medications that don't play nicely definitely get evaluated by a doc before you do this diet um, so that's one of our major caveats is be safe. We want everyone out there to get the benefit, but also to do it safely. So and I'm assuming this is for adults, right? We live in a world where parents are, you know, are, are also hypersensitive to mm-hmm. their kids' weight as well. But is yep. this, I'm, I'm assuming this is for adults. Yeah, good question, too. One of the reasons, we say no one under 18 for two reasons. One, we didn't do any studies, so we don't know if the dosage is correct, quote-unquote, to actually get the benefit. Uh, the other one is that, it's not necessarily a good idea to stop growth in a growing yeah. child. So that's, yeah. and even though we're only doing it for five days and we're doing it for good reasons, we want to make sure that we're not interfering with the important parts of growth. So, so at the moment we don't recommend it for that. I know that we're discussing and, and doing some preliminary research, but uh, at the moment we, I, I think yeah. there might, is there a caveat there for, for cancer therapy? Uh, Cause I know I was reading in the book too as well, which I found this was fascinating. Dwayne, you'll love this on patients who they've fasted, 24 to 48 hours before chemotherapy, they've gotten ridiculously higher levels of cancer yeah. reduction. So, yeah, I'm going to have to be pretty oh. careful how I answer that. The, the, the fasting research I can talk about, the fasting mimicking, I have to stay away from that a little bit. We are doing research right now with a different version of a fasting mimicking diet that's four days long uh, with some other tricks to it that's quite a bit different than Prolon. Right. Prolon is designed for general wellness. Right. Uh, the other product is is 
done in conjunction with chemotherapy for breast and prostate cancer. Ah, okay. uh, and we're seeing some really promising results, but the results, we're going to wait till they're published to talk yeah, a lot about yeah. them. Uh, but um, with fasting in general, you do see some really interesting things happen. If you think about what's going on with cancer and chemotherapy, chemotherapy attacks rapidly dividing cells. That's how it's designed to work. If you look at what fasting does is it puts cells in an arrested phase. And Prolon doesn't go low enough to stop growth entirely, so Prolon doesn't have that effect. That's why we're looking at a different product. Uh, but if you do just true fasting, you're going to put cells in a mostly arrested phase, except for cancer. Cancer has lost all of the signaling that mm. we're, we're targeting, so it doesn't respond to food the same way. In fact, in some cases, it may even get a little faster. But what it does then is you now protect the body. The non-cancerous tissues are not going to be as visible to chemotherapy. So you're not going to lose as much hair. You're not going to get as nauseous. And you're not because of that, you're not going to have the fatigue that you have post-chemo. At least that's the reasoning. And in, in tests, that's very much what we see. So yeah. very, very exciting about cancer. The problem is you have to have the right kind of chemo with the right amount of time between them. And they have to be delivered all on one day because you can't stay in a fasting state forever. You're, right. you know, then the fasting becomes a detriment to you. So, so there are some caveats to when it works, but yeah. when you're in the right type of cancer treatment, it can be a very powerful tool from what we're seeing. Wow. Yeah. A, a lot more research is needed again. Sure. I want to be very clear. We're yeah. not, we're not yeah. claiming anything yet, sure. but that's uh, very, very promising. And it makes a lot of sense if you think about it. All right. So something that's near and dear to my heart uh, and to you as well is, is this whole biohacking community. Right? Yeah, uh, love it. And, and one of the words they throw around there is epigenetics. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, we've talked about nutrition as one of the um, pillars uh, of health. Mm -hmm. um, and the whole biohacking community likes to use, you know, supplements and technologies and gadgets and mm -hmm. things like that to modify their gene expression. So uh, how does that fit into uh, you know, this kind of fasting mimicking diet where you're... Um, trying to control genetic expression yeah so i actually think we have uh, it's by the nature of what we're doing we have a leg up on everybody and i love what everybody's doing i'm certainly part of the biohacking community i'm very very encouraging of it and i do some stuff on the side that nurtures that but the way fasting works it, again all we're doing all we're doing with prolon and all fasting is is taking advantage of this built-in cleanup mechanism that everyone has mm. all throughout you so Rather than trying to target one specific pathway with one specific intervention and hope we got it right and hope there's no side effect, we just deprive the body of, of nutrition as it sees it, and it does everything on its own. It yep. does it exactly as it was programmed to do. So all of the little mice go scurrying about in this coordinated movement. All the dancers know exactly what they're doing. Your whole body gets the right signal from internally, from deep in your DNA, deep in your evolution, and it just does the dance on its own, and we yeah. just stay out of the way till it's done. So we're really lucky in that it's kind of a, it's like a return to the norm. We've just yeah. gotten so far away from how we were designed that we get to just hijack the mechanism as it was built for. So I love that. I think from an epigenetic standpoint, we're, we're learning a lot about about what we're doing and we're still having to do a lot more bench research, but it's really exciting. Yeah, I, I heard a really cool quote uh, someone said on a podcast was, you can't repave a highway if there's still cars going down at, at full speed. Mm -hmm. So you gotta really stop the traffic for a second clean everything up and then yeah. open the gates again. So, I like that. I'm going to steal that one. Yeah, go for it. I mean, and it makes sense. I mean, literally, I think what we're doing on, on a day-to-day -day basis is we're bombarding our own biology and our cells through the foods we eat, the, you know, the, the, the light exposure that we get to, the EMFs, uh, the, the pollutants and all yeah. that. And if we really give the body a chance to just get, take a break or get, you know, at least nutritionally in this, in this world is just let the body do what it's supposed to do mm -hmm. automatically without, you know, hitting it with all these different things, it'll do what it needs yeah. to do, and then you can come back. 
Yeah, and if you think about a lot of the things that we're putting into it and doing the bad stuff, it's not just the things that are in there. It's how your body responds to those. So your body's responding appropriately to all these insults we're giving it. And then all we're doing it is making it respond appropriately and just the other thing it knows how to do. So it'll build inflammation because that's what it's supposed to do when it's hit with certain things. Yeah. And then if you put it in a fasting state, inflammation goes down. It just it's, mm. it repairs the thing that was causing the problem. So it makes a lot of sense. So uh, it's, it's a five-day fast. So how often... Do you do it? Great question. In our clinical trials, we did three cycles over three months, meaning once a month for three months, five days each month with 25 days off. So over that span of 15 days, we saw some pretty significant impact. People had a significant reduction in visceral fat. They lost about five pounds, and weight loss is highly variable. Some people do extremely well. Some people don't lose as much. The closer you are to baseline, the less you're going to lose. Um, your age, your hormones, a lot of things play into that. But most people lose quite a bit of visceral fat, which is targeted midsection fat. They'll lose about an inch off their waist. And they typically will maintain their lean body mass. They will have a um, – it also helps maintain healthy levels of IGF-1, mm-hmm. uh, CRP, which is a marker of inflammation, mm-hmm. uh, blood pressure, fasting blood glucose, cholesterol, triglycerides, uh, a whole host of, of biomarkers. But um, – we only looked at three cycles over three months, and it's sort of like working out. If you do one, you're going to get the benefit, but it's not going to last. you got to go to the gym a couple times to really kind of train the body. Same thing happens with fasting. If you do it a couple times in a row over the series of months, your body gets the hint that it doesn't need to hold on to as much bad stuff. Your relationship to visceral fat changes. Your mental attitude towards food and how much you need changes, and then you can go forth and make better decisions. So typically what we see people do best with is those initial three months, and then after that, depending on where you are relative to your goals, once every three to six months just to remind the body because it starts to kind of fall out of quote-unquote fasting shape. So you do need to do it somewhat regularly, um, but we find most people two to four times per year is probably adequate after they've kind of gotten in fasting shape. But if you try to do it every month, would the body basically come around to it and say, oh, you know, here we go again, so we're not going to react the same Interestingly, people people's experience varies dramatically from a how they feel standpoint. Some people will get that fasting high the first time and then never again. Some people will get it on the second time and their energy levels are great. Some people, once they're optimized, they just don't feel any different when they do it. Um, but if you're not, and I have to be a little careful how I answer this, um, there is a plateau, but it's usually because you're where the body thinks it should be. Okay. So that's the, as far as I can see, as long as there is a, a thing that needs polishing, I guess you're still going to sure. see that. So, yeah. So, uh, we all need some polishing. <laughs> right? I agree. <laughs> um, all right. What else we got? No, listen, I think it's fantastic. I know you were saying that so people can uh, order this through your practice, right? They can go to yeah. snoreexperts.com. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, anytime I do something that's beneficial for me and, and I notice a difference, I'm always uh, happy to share it with my patients. Um, so this has been one of the things that we've integrated into our practice for, for patients who come to see me during the day for, for sleep disorder breathing issues. I generally tend to be a little bit uh, their, their, their lifestyle and, and nutrition choices are probably not optimized. Yeah. And, and uh, if I'm able to guide them and, and help them get some, some relief and, and some change and also optimize their sleep, it, it's a win-win situation. So, uh, yeah, we've added it to our um, menu of services. It's, it's also listed on our website, I think. Is it on the? Uh, yeah. 
Snore expert story. Yeah, so if you're if you're not ready to jump in and do the fasting, does it make sense to read the book? I I've noticed the book around. Mm-hmm. So does that help? So I think the book is great. I think it what it does if for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Dr. Walter Longo uh, is the author of The Longevity Diet, which I believe is I believe it's a New York Times bestseller. Um, it doesn't just talk about fasting. It talks about everything we know about nutrition and longevity, health in in many cases. It goes through a lot of different yep. Um, health issues, but it does build the foundation for understanding how we got here as we know it and what we can do to, because there are modifiable risk factors is something we talk a lot about. This, There are certain things about you you can't change, what you were born with genetically. This is one of the things, nutrition is one of the things you can change. I think longevity diet is a great, easily accessible for most people. It's not too advanced. It'll go through kind of up everyone's understanding of, of what happens when you eat. Yeah, and since you're not eating, you have a lot more free time I, to read you, that book. If you are going to do the prolong diet, you might as well get the book at the same <laughs> yeah. time because you're going to yeah. have plenty of time. But yeah, no, like you said, it, it kind of goes through two major facets for me at least. One was the prolong diet and the other was kind of your day-to-day diet. And he mm-hmm. gets in, goes into detail about the Mediterranean diet mm-hmm. and primarily you know, plant-based with some fish and yeah. uh, and I was reading it while I was not eating and I was like, man, I could really go for like a nice... <laughs> fish yeah. with some veggies and some yeah. olive oil and cheese and nuts and I love the I, listen I love the idea of doing it but I I think I really need like a fasting partner I don't know that I could do it myself and we do see that a lot of people do better with community and we're working yeah. on that as a company giving people resources around the fast because yeah. we do know that it's it, I'll say this it's easier than you think it's going to be. Almost every, really? I'd say about half of our customers think it's just straight up easy. I'm not one of them. I think it's extremely challenging. So for those of you who have done it out there and struggled, you've got a friend in the medical science liaison for the company. But uh, I do know that most people get through it pretty okay. Um, it certainly isn't my favorite thing to do, but I love the way I feel afterwards. And the nice thing about it, too, is the kickstart. I don't make great food choices. Some of you may have noticed the snacks I was eating prior to I doing this. But, I, know, uh, I know Dwayne's on. <laughs> but uh, once you do the diet, you don't crave things that you would have before. It's easier. If you want to start better life choices for food especially, this is a great intervention. Uh, most people that we speak to after they do the diet say the same thing. For the yeah. next couple of weeks, it's much easier to not reach for a donut or you don't crave steak uh, or a lot of sugar or any of that stuff. So well, Let me ask you this. So, so if you're on a five-day fast, what do you eat on day six to not just completely... That's a good question. I, I, your, I, I, your I just went to Vegas and hit the buffet. That's what yeah, I right. Well, I'm a little bit of a goat. I kind of shove whatever I can in there, and it seems to be okay. But a lot of people do. We we encourage everyone on the transition day, on the sixth day, because you have been sort of eating very soft, very easy to eat food for the last several days. Just from that pure standpoint, mechanically, you're not going to want to dump a lot of stuff in there that's hard to digest. Sure. So you start soft, start liquid, move your way up. You also probably want to avoid heavy sugar and heavy protein just because you really haven't had much of that. Your microbiome so may good and plenty's are out. Yeah, good and plenty's probably out unless you don't eat it. So, uh, okay. yeah, so unfortunately that's not part of the diet plan. Most people who try something like that day six don't feel very good. Mm. So that's, the nice thing about it is you probably won't want to eat that. Yeah, listen, I think just the heightened awareness around the whole thing and, you know, that you're doing something so good for your body, I mean, that, that has to have a sustaining effect. You know, as you move forward with your relationship with food, as you guys were talking about earlier. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, my, my relationship definitely changes because once you kind of value what you can put in and what you can't, and then when you have the opportunity to kind of gorge and go crazy, you don't, you don't really have that desire as much anymore. Yeah. Or, or yeah. you kind of realize, man, I, you know, I went through all that, or I, you know, yeah. I, I sacrificed all this. You know, why would I want to go and just totally yeah, screw it all up? It has been a commitment. You just completed five days. That, I mean, most people do feel quite a bit differently afterwards. I know that may sound a little bit Yeah, And the effects last. I mean, I, I was reading yeah. that says it can last up to... Uh, uh, quite some time depends right? on which metric and depends yeah. on how many times you do it but, but what we but did see with it, three cycles people typically have sustained benefits for at least four to six months afterwards well, you can't beat so that they still had about 90 percent of the benefits i would rather later. fast five <laughs> days and hit the gym five days well, I, uh, I think they're both important but i i think uh if you look at the blue zone <laughs> i think i think i'd rather hit the gym and eat spicy chinese but you know what that's just me well, try the diet we'll see how you feel afterwards yeah, i uh, I'm going to try it. I need to. Great. I'm, we're going to get you a, a diet buddy, and I'm you're going to do it. Yeah, a diet buddy. Perfect. So so what's on the horizon for Prolon? Uh, so we just came out with another version because, as we mentioned, we think everyone should do three cycles minimum to start. Just train yourself. So we do know that we have several different varieties of, of soup in the diet and some different foods, and we think it's delicious, but we do know that people want variety. So we just introduced a new version with more variety. Oh. Um, we also introduced uh, the Fast Bar, which is a – it's a healthy snack. Um, if you're doing a prolonged fat, or I'm sorry, if you're doing a uh, time restricted eating of 12 to 16 hours, and you want to do, uh, you want to have a snack in the middle of that without interfering with that. Uh, this is an option for sort of a meal replacement yeah, during that's that. So, cool. so yeah. sort of in quote unquote invisible food without truly being invisible. There's still stuff in it, um, but you can do that. You can uh, just use it as a generally healthy snack. It's high in healthy fat, so cool. it's going to keep you full longer. Uh, so they released that, and then we have a couple new varieties of that coming out. Um, and then obviously we do a huge portion of what we do at El Nutra's research towards. Yeah future state. So in addition to general wellness, we are looking at fasting as a treatment and therapy for certain medical issues. So we've got at this point about 39 clinical trials in some stage of beginning or end. Some are investigator initiated. Most are done uh, through universities. Uh, We have some partnerships around the world. Um, So we're very excited about that, but we're probably still a couple years away from knowing a lot about disease and fasting. But from a general wellness standpoint, we've got some pretty good evidence already that we're on the right track. Okay, and uh, where can okay. people go to learn more? We yeah, said. so the so the the company is El Nutra, but the actual fast is Prolon, right? Prolon, the prolonging Prolon. longevity, Prolong without the G. Yeah, so. without the G. Excellent. And what's the URL for uh, for Prolon? Well, they can come to snoreexperts.com. Oh, well, yeah, well, I meant for more information. But if they want to go yeah. more, if you want to learn more information, yeah. and obviously, yeah. again, I, I would always encourage everyone, even if you don't yes. have a medical yeah. issue, do go research. through a practitioner just because yes. you're going to get more out of it, and it ends, it's the same price. So yeah. you might as well get the doctor in addition. But uh, Absolutely. if you want to learn more about it, we have a corporate we website. Dr. with happy. Yeah, exactly. And he, we're big fans of him, so we want to keep him happy too. <laughs> uh, but you can go to prolongfmd.com. That's prolong. P-R-O-L-O-N-F-M-D.com if you want to learn more about what we're doing or if you want to read scientific articles. Uh, if you want to go to our corporate website, L-Nutra, and is in Nancy, U-T-R-A.com, you can learn more there too. Yeah, and then the other thing is is I know uh, that several of the people in your office have also tried it. So yeah. next time you're in the office there, you know, you can ask any of the staff. They'll, you know, they'll share their experiences i mean uh, i can say across the board everyone's had great experiences with it so yeah. that's why i'm a big fan great to hear 
Yeah. Excellent. All right. So uh, that That's a wrap. is a wrap. If anyone wants to learn more, again, you can reach out to me at snoreexperts.com or on our Facebook group, Snore Experts, or, or on our Instagram, Snore Experts. And I also have another Instagram I've been plugging lately, which if you want to get into more of the biohacking and the sleep uh, end of things, you can reach out to me at Sleep Biohacker on Instagram. Uh, that's been a fun account that I've set up and uh, sharing all kinds of cool gadgets and technologies. And I think that's it for wrap. This was an amazing uh, this session. This was great. Thanks, Dr. James Kelly, for joining us today. Talk about fasting. I'm starving. And, and Dwayne wants to hit. He goes get some nachos. Happy hour. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, see you next time on The Best Night Ever. Bye-bye. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to The Best Night Ever. To visit us online, go to snoreexperts.com or follow us on Instagram at snoreexperts. To make an appointment with Dr. K for you or someone you know to stop snoring now or to call in and leave a question for next week's show, call us at 888-31-SNORE. That's 888-31-SNORE. If you missed the show, The Best Night Ever can be heard on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you again and tell a friend. 